one of the things I love about this podcasting show is I get to meet a lot of really smart people. And this is one I've known for a little while. Mark Colgan, he is an expert at B2B SaaS growth. We actually talk about a couple of different things. One is how to increase your personal brand by getting out on podcasts and how you can do it effectively and what you can share to grow your brand for your own personal brand, but also for your companies. And then the second, we've also talked about how do you onboard users using a free trial? That can be a great way to do it. But how do you get them into the trial? How do you make sure you convert them? What are the mistakes made through free trial conversions? So a couple cool topics we talk about here. I think you're really going to like it. Check it out. Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Yes, I am your host. I am Matt. I am so glad to have you here. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, depending on what medium you're using. And I am thrilled to be joined by my special guest today, Mark Colgan. Mark, how you doing? Hey, Matt. Really good, thank you. Uh, here in Lisbon, it's getting a little bit cold now, hence the hoodie, but uh, really looking forward to getting started on this. <laughs> Absolutely. And that definitely doesn't sound like a Portuguese accent. I've known you for a little <laughs> while. You're from Ireland, right? Uh, from the UK, but my family are Irish. Yeah. So, um, okay, sorry. English, yeah. No, no, no worries. My middle name's Patrick. So it's easy. It's easy to, to confuse that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you got uh, relocated. You're in Portugal now, living the dream. Trying my best to. Yeah. Been here for almost two years now. So uh, feeling a little bit like a, a resident now, which is good. Very, very cool. Well, let me tell everybody about you, Mark. So, for everybody out there, Mark is the man. Uh, as I mentioned, I've known him for a while. He's really, really cool. He helps a lot of people. He is the co-founder and CEO of Speak On Podcasts. And that's a done-for-you service that secures interviews on relevant podcasts to help B2B SaaS companies increase brand awareness, generate demand, and show up in the dark funnel. They do a lot of great stuff there. He's also a B2B SaaS product onboarding specialist at the Product Onboarders. He helps B2B SaaS companies convert more visitors into happy users. We're going to dive into that a bit. And he's a B2B SaaS revenue consultant, revenue growth consultant, that is, at Yellow O. And they partner with B2B SaaS companies in order to drive revenue through the successful selection, procurement, and implementation of CRM and marketing automation technology. So Mark knows B2B SaaS so much. He knows B2B SaaS growth. He helps out in a lot of different ways, as you can see. And once again, Mark, I'm really happy to have you here. Thanks for coming on the show. Cheers, Matt. Thanks so much for inviting me. Absolutely. So tell me, what's going on with you lately and what's coming up? Yes. Yeah, so uh, most of my time at the moment is spent uh, speaking on podcasts. So that's building out the agency, as, as you mentioned, is a done-for-you model. So we have a team of almost 20 people now across 10 different countries and lots of different nationalities. And I believe in the matter of minutes, we're going to hit the 1,000 interview mark that we've booked for customers too. So really proud moment for me. Um, and we're just yeah. continuing to double down and building that business because our customers are seeing a lot of value in showing up in the dark funnel. And so we're keen just to keep doing and delivering a great service for everyone. Well, I think it's fantastic. I want to understand why did you start it? What did you see that was needed and how does it help? Yeah, so it all came from so where you and I originally know each other was when I was running a previous business and uh, I had a bit of spare time on my hands. So I started to reach out to podcast hosts and pitch myself, uh, landed a few interviews. Uh, one interview went on a relatively small and quite a new podcast about outbound sales. And I managed to generate around 10 leads and I converted 10 of those leads into about four or five customers. I can't remember correctly. It was definitely four, might have been awesome. five. 
And I just saw the real power of kind of showing up in front of a relevant audience, delivering value, not even asking for anything in return, telling your story and seeing how much of a powerful uh, customer acquisition strategy that was, as well as brand awareness and demand gen. Um, so I tested it out with one of my co-founders who was running a different business, different market, got the same sort of results for him, although not as many leads as quickly, uh, but it helped increase the brand. Uh, so I thought I can do it for me. I've done it for someone else. Maybe I can do it for more people. And in June 2020, uh, met my co-founder just in May, and we decided to join, join forces and build out a bigger agency than either one of us could have done by ourselves. This is so cool. I love it. And it's something that I've shared with my clients to make sure that they also are getting themselves out there. But but how important are podcasts? Is that something that, I mean, it worked for you. Are you seeing results with others as well? Yeah, we really are. And I think, um, how important are they? Well, it's one of those things where it's, as a lot of content at the moment about attribution, you know, it's a very hard channel to measure, but you can find the measurement through qualitative approaches. So seeing how people are signing up to your service or to book demos with you and asking where do they hear about you, uh, looking at the uh, reach that the podcast interviews are getting when they're shared, as well as if you're using any call recording software, you could take a look to see who's mentioning podcasts when they're having conversations with your sales reps. But the ultimate point is that it is brand awareness. The B2B buyer's journey has changed, something that you and I know a lot about. Um, and people are looking and doing discovery before even reaching to salespeople. So really, you want to be showing up and your brand and your company needs to be being spoken about before that person even reaches out to you. So that's really why I decided to kind of build an agency around this, having my B2B SaaS background and knowing that that's how the buyer's journey had changed in recent years. Um, so super important. And, and Matt, it's not just about the interview and the recording like we're doing now. It's the relationship you can build with the host. We're seeing that a lot of our customers are getting quite really good successes from building that rapport, establishing partnership opportunities with the podcast host that they're, they're, they're speaking to. And it's just a great first step in a relationship. So cool. And as I mentioned with my clients, I talked to them about building their brand, their own personal brand. Mm -hmm. Podcasting is one of those ways to do it. Now, a lot of them start their own show and that's great. And that's something I did a long time ago, but it's also great to go out there and be a guest. And in fact, I have said it can be even more powerful to be a guest on a show than starting your own, especially if your own show is a guest type of show like I have. My show is uh, one where I bring on guests and we talk about all of their cool expertise. But in that situation, the guest comes on and shares about their expertise and the conversation goes around what they know. It doesn't really mm -hmm. talk so much about what I know. Of course, I throw in my tidbits. However, when you're a guest, you get to go out and share your own stuff. Isn't that right? Yeah, certainly. And, and I say to customers, and I kind of, with a pinch of salt, I say this, like, all you need to do is turn up and speak. Obviously, there's a bit of prep work that needs to go in. You need to know your stuff. You need to be uh, a good interviewer or an interviewee, sorry. Um, but all you really need to do is turn up and speak. And I think one of the key advantages of speaking on other people's podcasts is that podcast hosts like yourself, Matt, spend a lot of time bringing on the right guests, growing the show, delivering value to the audience. So typically you'll find that the podcasts that you speak on, they have a, a pre-existing audience that is already nurtured and warm to hear that from value from people such as yourselves. And essentially you get to leverage that by being a trusted advisor, sharing as much content and value as we're doing. And hopefully this is a good example of, of one of those uh, today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So any tips for somebody who might be a software leader, software founder, somebody working at a B2B SaaS startup, 
what can they do uh, to get started? Obviously, working with your team would be amazing because you'd be able to get them out there. But anything else in particular? You mentioned preparation. What can they do? Yeah. So uh, think about your audience. So for, I'm going to go really quick on this, Matt. So think about your audience. Uh, who do you want to be speaking to? So just imagine that you would paid to speak at a conference, a trade conference. Who do you want to be in that audience in front of you? And then what you want to do is go and find podcasts that also contain that audience. You can do that by keyword matching. So just searching for demand generation podcasts or HR leadership podcasts, for example. Another way to find the audience is who else is serving your audience and customers? So what competitors do you have? What influencers do you have in the market? And what other companies are serving your audience? So we'll use the example of CRM. If you're HubSpot, then Salesforce, Pipedrive, SalesMate, uh, Sugar CRM. I mean, we, you and I could list off probably 50 different CRMs, but you could basically reverse engineer and see which podcast they've been on and see whether that podcast fits the audience criteria that you're looking for. So that's a very, very quick overview of how you'd find them. Um, in terms of what to talk about, um, we often work with our customers to really bring out the value in their knowledge. We talk about common questions that you get asked that uh, you answer over and over again, uh, controversial opinions potentially, or uh, I give an example of a controversial opinion of mine is I don't believe in gating content unless it's really, really uh, high value pieces of content. Uh, certainly don't gate case studies is, is one of the, my hard lines. I don't like to gate the case studies. Still see many companies doing that today. Um, so that would be an example of like a controversial opinion or opinion that goes against the norm that's given, uh, that's shared in, in the market. Uh, and then your area of expertise. Um, and if you're a founder specifically, why did you start, start your business? Why, what was it that made you uh, put pen to paper or uh, keys, uh, fingers to a keyboard and start coding? Uh, what's the story? Um, what, what, what made you, yeah, what motivated you to start this? Because I think a lot of podcast in, uh, hosts are interested in the person they're bringing on, as well as the value that they can share of their audience. So as a founder, you've got a unique position. You've kind of got two angles automatically, the domain expertise and your story. I love it. And I totally agree with you. Some people might feel it's controversial, but I definitely agree. Do not gate case studies. <laughs> Those yeah. are some of the most powerful things to converting your prospects, whether you're converting them from being a visitor to booking a demo, or you want to convert them completely to being a user and a subscriber. Case studies and stories and testimonials of your clients that are getting results is one of the most powerful things. You don't want to hide that from some of your people. Yes, you want to get their information. There are other ways to do that. Please don't get case studies. I'm with you on that one, Mark. <laughs> Cheers, Matt. I'm glad we're aligned. <laughs> For sure. I want to talk about your work at Product Onboarders. You guys are doing awesome stuff there too. So where do you see a lot of software companies making mistakes with regards to trying to get visitors to sign up for a free trial? Yeah, so specifically pre-sign up. So trying to con convince people to sign up. First of all, we don't see enough social proof above the fold or even layered throughout the, the page itself. Sometimes all the testimonials are right at the bottom of the page. And you know, if you look at any heat map software, I've run heat map software on pretty much every website I've used. The blue cold area is right at the bottom. Um, so don't keep all of your testimonials down there. Also, when it comes to uh, your calls to action, keep them consistent. We see so many companies that have inconsistent calls to actions. So if it's for a free trial, you might want to say start your free trial. Um, if you're not asking for credit card or it's a 14 day free trial, communicate that in the same space that the button is on because you just want to encourage the most amount of people to click on that button to get to the sign up page as well. Mm -hmm. um, other things there is not having uh, outcome-based copywriting. So a lot of companies will talk about how they are the world's leading AI machine learning, number crunching, algorithmic company. Um, and you know, the, the, the really your customers don't care. 
Uh, they just want to know that you can solve the problem, uh, that it is that, uh, the challenge that you're helping them overcome. So speak in outcomes, not just features. Uh, features are important, uh, but lead with the outcome, the benefits, and then explain how the feature helps them get to that outcome as well. So there would probably be three very um, high-level tips about getting people to that sign-up page. Yeah, I mean, I think it's absolutely critical because I, some of the uh, people that I work with, it's really difficult for uh, people to see that social proof. I love that you mentioned that. I love also that it's not really clear what they're doing. I love mm -hmm. the idea that you've got to make that button and what action they're going to take super obvious. And sometimes people get confused. It's funny. Visitors are very, um, you know, they're kind of just all over the place. They're kind of scanning and they're not really focused. And if, if, if you're not making it obvious what they have to do, it's going to be really, really tough. And yeah. so I, I absolutely agree with you on that. Yeah, I was just going to add to that as well. If you think about the buyer's journey, if I'm evaluating a, um, let's say, an applicant tracking system, so I want to post a job and I want to manage the applicants that come to that job, I'm going to have three or four different tabs open with three or four different providers and suppliers mm -hmm. on there. So when I'm looking at these different tabs and I'm just cycling through doing my own discovery, the company that has a very clear outcome, has a very clear call to action and almost makes it feel like a no-brainer and I have to at least start the free trial is the one that I'm likely going to go to. Also pricing, which is quite a difficult topic to talk about, you know, speaking to a general audience. But pricing is another thing. Look, if your competitors are showing pricing, you probably should show your pricing as well. Uh, I'm not saying that's the best strategy. But again, think about the buyer's journey. Um, if they're looking and evaluating and all of your competitors are showing pricing, then they might be more likely to, um, to sign up to a competitors, especially if they have a free trial. I'm working with uh, a number of companies at the moment from a consulting point of view, and they're not taking advantage of that product-led growth approach of allowing people just in to the platform to kind of get started and get familiar with it. And I really believe they're at a disadvantage. So they're working on that at the moment so they can be on a level par when it comes to people signing up. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that's a great way to get people in. One of the things that we talk about with our team and with our clients is make sure that you're also having conversations. Once they get into that trial, free trials convert at single digit percentages wherever you mm -hmm. are, especially if it's an opt-out free trial. Um, but you know, I, I, I want to see how can we get those single digits up to 20, 30, 40%. And it's when you start having conversations with them. So it's all about that. We have a process that we go through with our clients called the free trial conversion maximizer. It makes it really easy. But uh, it, once you have that in place, it's all about getting them into the trial, getting them into the product and getting their information. Yeah, Matt, just to touch on that point, I think there's so much debate going, about, uh, going on about product-led is taking over sales and sales-led is dying. It's not at all. Product-led is just an easier way for people to use the product or get into that first stage of the product. I appreciate that some B2B SaaSes can be very complex to set up and that uh, a full-blown free trial isn't going to be possible. That's fine, but give them the experience of signing up, at least getting a little bit started, if possible at all. Um, because again, it's what we're used to. We use Uber, we use Deliveroo for food, we use Netflix and Spotify. Um, we're used to these amazing experiences. And even though it's B2B SaaS, they're consumers who are used, they're people, sorry, who are using apps like this every day. And that's what they expect these days. I logged into a very well-known HR software recently, Matt, I won't say the name, and it is ugly as behind the scenes. The website looks lovely, but the UI is just awful compared to... Mm everything else I'm using from a B2C side. So mm -hmm. I feel like we've got a lot to do to in, uh, improve the UI and UX for, for people, even in the B2B world. 
Oh, for sure. I've seen that quite a lot where the marketing side looks amazing. Everything yeah. looks beautiful. You're like, this is going to be awesome. You get in there and it's just ugly. <laughs> but I want to understand, Mark, when you do an onboarding review, and I know you guys are doing that and it's really cool. Explain a little bit about what that is and, and what are you looking at and how are you solving it? Yeah. So the onboarding review is a 20 to 30 minute video where me and my business partner, Helen, who's a B2B SaaS copywriter, we go through uh, the whole experience that a new user would go through. So we look at the website, we look around a couple of the pages like pricing, for example. Then we go onto the sign up page and run through the sign up process. We then move into the first run experience. So what am I being asked to do as a user? Um, and then we try and navigate around the dashboard. Typically, it's a dashboard and a few different modules within the software. And the last thing we look at is the um, is the onboarding emails. Did I get a welcome email? Is there behavioral based emails that are coming to me because I've taken some action within the platform? But that sounds quite simple. And you think, well, I could just do that because I could just sign up to my own product. The uniqueness of it is that we come with a, a third party objective pair of eyes. And we act as if we're the slowest user that's ever going to use your product. Uh, I like to kind of put my mind that I'm like my elderly aunt and uncle as I try and navigate the system because it's so hard when you're the founder and you're building your SaaS. You know what the little icons mean. You know that you're supposed to click over here. But a first time user doesn't have all of that bias, I guess, and that familiarity with the product. So we run through the process as if, as if we've never seen it before. And in fact, Matt, we never look at, we never sign up first. We do, we, uh, we go and hit record the very first time we sign up. So everything that you see in that 30, 30 minute video is our rea reaction. And you'll often see us frowning, smiling when good things are happening. But that's exactly what the user's feeling or we try and emulate what the user feels. I think that's really cool. I do something similar. I have a, uh, what's called a sales process audit where I audit my, uh, you know, software companies who are usually more established than the startups sure. that I also work with, they want their sales team audited. And so what I do is I work with their demos and I go in and act like I'm an actual prospect and we have fake profiles and all that. And they think they're mm -hmm. talking to a real prospect. It's kind of fun. Yes. Um, but it's essentially like mystery shopping. Mystery and I shopping, go through yeah. the demos and I go through all the follow-ups and we see how quality is it? How well are they following this? How well are they following what they should be doing? How well are they following what their management has told them to do? And all of that, ends up we we find a lot of really interesting things that result in some extreme leveling up so we've seen it sure. from that side uh i'm sure you're seeing amazing results in the onboarding process as well yes yeah, certainly i think the the first area is that visitor to free trial sign up so improving the, the improving the chances the percentage of people going through to the sign up page then when you have the sign up page it's all about just removing as much friction as possible uh, not after, uh, asking people for their life story, but just the key bits of information that you need from them for them to get into the platform. Um, mm -hmm. And then when it comes to the, so there again is talking about if they need a credit card, let them know up front. If they don't need a credit card, let them know they don't need a credit card. It's amazing how many people don't. So I'm clicking on this button going, is the next step going to ask me for my credit card or not? Um, so, you know, I'm not here to debate which one is better. Uh, but whatever you you have set up, make sure you're communicating it as well. Even also on that sign up page, leverage social proof as well. So a lot of people just have the sign up button, like log in or set up a new user. There's so much space, so you can put everything on the left for the form, and then have some social proof with some faces, with some people saying this product is amazing. My life is so much better since I started using product ABC. So really, little simple tweaks like that for one customer increase their activation by forty percent. 
um, which is huge, uh, considering the volume that they had on that, on that website. And then as you go into the first run experience, it's all about adoption. How can you get people to understand how to use the product and how to achieve their goal? And one of the mistakes or their goals, there could be multiple. One of the biggest mistakes we see is that, um, one, uh, B2B SaaS companies aren't segmenting their user based on the outcome that they're looking to achieve. Uh, and sometimes you go straight into the product and there's no tool, tool tip, guide, anything mm. to help you get started. Um, mm. So they're just two or three, uh, very simple, maybe not simple. Um, they sound simple in the sentence, a lot more to implement, but extremely important. Yeah, I totally agree. We really coach that part. The uh, When you look at a form online and you're trying to get people to fill out the form, what I've always kind of thought, not always, I actually used to suck at this, but once I realized <laughs> it, I thought, I think to myself, how can I convince this person to fill out this form? Give them a reason to complete the form. And so I love you're talking about social proof, put what they're going to get out of it, put a support number if you need to, uh, uh, anything you can do to give them reasons to fill out that form and convert is going mm -hmm. to help you. So I absolutely agree with that. It, I want to understand, do you have any other advice, Mark, for, for early stage software companies, early stage SaaS companies and leaders who need to know this? Yeah. So in, in reg with regards to product onboarding specifically. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, make sure that you have, so the welcome email is, is another key one. You know, there's so many blog posts about it, but yet so many people still get it wrong. Oftentimes you'll see that a welcome email comes that comes through and it's like, Hey, hasn't even got my first name in there. It's like, Hey, thanks so much for signing up. We're really excited for you to be here. Um, this is what you need to do next. Here's this link. Here's that link. So there's several links. There's a quite confusing as to what my next step should be signed off the team from a no reply email address. Mm -hmm. So change that completely. Make sure it's coming from the founder or pro somebody in product, you know, or even marketer. It doesn't matter who, but a person, right? Because we, I think we just forget that, yes, we're selling software. Yes, we've got users, but these users are humans. And mm -hmm. it's a human, that, in most cases, that has built the product or at least had the idea for it. Um, so remember to include that human touch in it. And don't have a no reply email to an onboarding because if somebody is stuck and they want to ask you a question, you want to make it super easy for them to reply because it might be that they just haven't seen what they need to do next. But again, going back to my example earlier, multiple tabs open, trialing multiple tools at the same time. The one that I get the most responsive support from, the one that's easiest to use, the one that gets me to the, my aha moment as quickly as possible it's likely to be the one I'm going to go go with if the pricing's right and in budget, of course. Um, so that would be another tip there as well, Matt. That's fantastic. I love it. This has been amazing, Mark. I've learned a lot. I hope that everybody else out there has as well. How can our audience learn more about you and what you're doing? Sure. So to learn about everything I'm up to, probably the best place to go to is markcolgan.co.uk. That kind of gives a few links to a few of my projects. And if you're interested in the product on borders, Matt, I've actually put together a completely free checklist, no form required. Um, and that's at the productonborders.com forward slash checklist. Uh, and in there, there's 88 questions that we ask ourselves as we do the reviews. And what you could do is print that off, give it to your mum, your partner, somebody who's not been developing your product and ask them to go through and answer those questions and you'll get some great results from doing so. That's phenomenal. That sounds like an amazing tool. So we'll put that in the show notes to make sure that everybody hears that or sees that and gets there and gets that guide. That sounds like a really cool checklist. Thanks, but Mark, man. this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. And as you can probably tell, I could talk about this stuff for hours. So thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. 
Likewise, I love all this stuff and trying to analyze conversions and and all that. And then what we talked about with podcasts, obviously I'm big into podcasts. So really, really cool. Thank you for coming. And everybody out there, thank you very much for coming. I appreciate you being here. Make sure that you are subscribed. Hit that subscribe button right now, whether you're on YouTube or whether you're on a podcast source. Make sure you do that because you don't want to miss out on other amazing guides and experts like Mark who are going to come and share their best tips for you. So thank you for coming. Really appreciate it. And we will see you next time. Take care.